Well, hello, gorgeous one. Welcome to Bombshell Radio. Here, we combine pleasure and purpose to liberate women into their divine assignment of being the fullest expression of fierce femininity. My name is Jackie Lacroix. I believe that pleasure is a life force. Beauty is for you, and your sexual design is the key to your greatest fulfillment and calling. I'm the author of the best-selling book, The Bombshell Manifesto, and I've mentored women in body, beauty, business, and intimacy with God, themselves, and men for over 10 years. Each week, you'll receive a different edition of Bombshell Radio, focusing on one of these areas, all designed to inspire you and help you optimize every area of your feminine design so that you can live your biggest, most beautiful life. If you've been longing for a place where you can merge your spirituality and your sexuality and enter a conversation that honors your body, your beauty, your business savvy, and your faith, welcome home. Let's get started. You're doing well so I just sent out the newsletter for this week and if you guys remember Barbie Joe who interviewed me and I posted that I think late January early February this is the swap that we did hi guys hi um, and I interviewed her and she has an incredible story of what led her to her work in professional organizing so if you guys are on my VIP email list you will get that if not I will post the link here so you can join us, but it's an incredible podcast, so make sure you listen to that, especially if you have been in any kind of life crisis mode, possibly even right now with all of the insanity in the world, and you feel like things are so out of control that you can't return to a place of mastery or where anything is controllable, right? Where anything is like basically you lose hope, right? Things just feel like they're in a spin-out mode. And what I find is that yes, that happens, happens to all of us, happens often when we least expect it and when it's most inconvenient, right? But there are people who allow that to take them into a victim mode and they stay there. And there are people who experience that as a never again. This is unacceptable in my life. I will not allow this to be part of my experience again, you know, and they put frameworks, both mental and logistical, physical in place that keep that from happening to the beginning. That's exactly what she did. And she tells you how to do it. So highly recommend that podcast episode if you haven't checked it out. But what I want to talk to you guys about today is something that I discovered a few years ago and fell in love with. Now I'm not familiar with every single personality type quiz out there, but there's a couple that I really lean on to understand myself and other people. And one of them, which is lesser known, but I think very, very valuable, is called the Four Tendencies. Have you guys heard of that? It's by a woman named Gretchen Rubin, who did an extraordinary amount of research into what motivates people. And there's a quiz online, you can take it and figure out how you're motivated. And a lot of, um, Hospitals or medical facilities will use this to figure out how do they get someone to maintain the you know, advice or whatever it may be to handle their medical situation. How do you motivate someone? How do you get them to do what they need to do, which is hopefully given as advice with good faith and in their best interests? How do you do that? And as a person, I think this is an incredible way to learn to motivate ourselves. So I'm going to go through real quickly a super fast definition of 
the four tendencies. I'm gonna let you guys guess which one I am. I'm gonna tell you which one I thought I was and then which one I turned out to be. And then I'm gonna flip the script a little bit and encourage all of you to become one of these types in a certain area of your life and minimize the others, okay? So, the four tendencies, upholders, obligers, questioners, and rebels, okay? So upholders are um, people who kind of like the idea that they are doing the right thing, right? There's a sense of moral rightness, of this is what people should do, and they're upholding the rules, upholding the system, sticking to perhaps the status quo, or just some sense of this is what should be done. There's a strong sense of um, maintaining a normalcy, right? Does that sound like you? Hi. I, I'm not gonna answer whether or not that's me yet, but that's the type one, okay? Obligers, much as the name sounds, are driven by what people around them are encouraging them to do, or what people around them are doing, right? A sense of kind of peer pressure would be a negative way to phrase this. Um, some kind of accountability group would be a more positive way of looking at this, but kind of everyone around me or a, a, a dominant person in my vicinity is encouraging me to behave this way, therefore I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to oblige their preferences. And so, depending on your situation, this could be a boss, this could be a spouse, this could be a parent, this could be a overbearing friend, <laughs> this could be, you know, some kind of work system that you're in and you're, you're willing to do it because everybody else is, right? And it's not even like um, you're willing to do it because you have to, because there's a sense of like, oh, pressure. This is, you're, you're on board. Everybody's doing this, I'm gonna do this too, okay? Questioners are the people who wanna kinda know the ins and outs and the why and the facts behind everything. And they're still a little dubious after that, right? So if you're trying to encourage them to do something, they wanna know the studies, they wanna know who funded the studies, if they're smart, right? <laughs> who, um, you know, why? Why should I do this? Why is this my best interest? Who tells me I should do this? Every kind of version of questioning you can imagine, right? And then the rebel is the personality type or the tendency type that so many um, people who are trying to encourage others to do something struggle to motivate, right? Because this is a person who does whatever they want. But there's a catch, and that's where I want to focus today, okay? So when I read this question or this tendency list, I figured, okay, I'm probably going to be a questioner because I kind of want to know the why behind the rule. What is this based on? Who says it's in everyone's best interest? What are the, what's the research and, and who funded the research? That's kind of, that's how I've certainly become. I don't know if I'm naturally oriented that way, but that's what I thought I would be. I, I'm not particularly an upholder if I don't believe in what is being encouraged as the thing to do. I'm definitely not motivated by people around me telling me that this is what everyone's doing. That's never worked for me. Your prepare pressure is, is like um, completely powerless over me. Uh, and so I figured, okay, I'm probably a questioner. I took the quiz and I was a rebel. And I thought, wow, I, I, I don't know that I resonate with that, but I mean, maybe, well, that sounds kind of cool, but what on earth do I do with that? Now, here's the really fascinating and I think really important thing about the rebel tendency that I want all of you to get on board with, regardless of what type you might naturally be inclined to. The rebel, we just said, is like, they're gonna do whatever they want, right? They're not, nothing motivates them as far as this is what everybody, and society's doing or this is what someone has told me I should do and I'm gonna uphold the norm or I don't know I'm just gonna sit here and ask a million questions until I've kind of not even made the decision at all the rebel is only motivated 
not even by a sense of rebelliousness, because that's why I thought I don't really resonate with rebelliousness. I just, if I don't agree with you, it's not going to happen. They're motivated by whether or not the decision or the action or the behavior that's in question is something that aligns with their own personal sense of their identity, right? So no one out there has to motivate me to love my children and be a good mother. You don't have to tell me that that's what all mothers do. You don't have to tell me that that's what's best for children. You don't have to show me a million studies that you know children thrive when they're with their, a loving mother, right? I don't need it. In my core, regardless, even if all of society suddenly said children most flourish when they're like, and they have a very angry mother and they're very far away, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. My core identity is I will love my children. I am the kind of person who loves my children, right? Nothing anyone could say, nothing any, you know, social group could peer pressure me, like, it will not work. That is who I am. That's who I've decided to be. That's it's like a core piece of my identity. You can't talk me out of it, and you don't need to talk me into it, okay? Similarly, years ago, when I was finally mastering my body care, which took me like a decade, okay? And now it's like unshakable. I tried all of the different versions of motivation to take better care of myself that are out there, right? These accountability groups and someone who texts you every day asking if you worked out, which is miserable, by the way, but some people really like that and they need that. Or a group fitness class where you kind of, you know, there's people who are looking forward to seeing you and you feel like you should go. No, <laughs> you know, or um, incredibly kind of... Uh, regimented, structured meal plans and workout routines written by somebody with a million degrees and certifications in the back of their book. And I used to do those. I used to go to the diet section of the bookstore and without even reading the book, right? Because I'd kind of started to figure out the main philosophies of eating and exercising. And I just flipped to the back where they had suggested meal plans and suggested workout schedules. And I could pretty quickly figure out what philosophy was that person teaching from. And for a while, I tried to do that. Here's my half cup of oatmeal and my quarter cup of blueberries at 8.30 in the morning. And then I'm not supposed to eat for another three hours, according to this person who's never met me, has no idea what my life or my body require, right? I tried that. Didn't work, okay? Questioners. I, I, I love people like this. I um, have been in that season, for sure, where I just, I doubt everything. Why should I, why should I believe you? You know? you probably don't understand. And, and what is all the, the science and the, 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 like spending so much time, almost as an avoidance tactic, trying to get a million unnecessary questions answered that I don't actually have to take the action. Have you guys been there? Because I have, I have totally been there, done that, right? But the rebel tendency to me is the most important in that I believe it's how we should all be making decisions, right? I don't want you guys making decisions based on what is the common societal norm right now. What is promoted and maybe even propagandized as this is what a good person does. Okay? I also don't want you making decisions in alignment with the downward stream of peer pressure. This is what everybody else is doing. This is what everybody's telling you should do. This is what, you know, I don't know, good women do, intelligent women do. This is what all of your friends are doing. This is what your mother always did. This is what all of the things, right? So 
I don't want you making decisions as an upholder of a status quo. I don't want you making decisions as an obliger of either large social groups or dominant personality types in your midst. I don't want you making decisions as a questioner because you probably aren't ever going to make the decision, right? You're going to be questioning it to death and almost possibly, if you're like I was, using it as an avoidance technique to never have to make the decision because you're still doing your research, right? But the rebel, the beauty of the rebel, and if you don't like that word, pick something that you know speaks to you more accurately, where it's like the sense of independence. I make decisions based on a core sense of integrity of who am I and who do I want to be as a person, right? If you're a believer, this goes even higher because it's not even you. You're subscribing to something that is beyond you and yet intimately interested in you as an individual, right? This is, you can't pressure me to make decisions, to adopt behaviors, to take actions that in my core do not feel right, right? They just don't. Something in me knows that's wrong. Something in me knows that's not me. And neither a sense of pressure to uphold, nor a sense of pressure to oblige, nor the endless pit of questions will work, right? Real raw rebel, I base decisions on. I love that, right? And, and when I understood what it meant to be a rebel or to have the rebel tendency, I thought, of course, because that's the work that I've done and that I know many of you guys are doing or have done as well, where it's like, we have done so much to finally arrive at the point where we know ourselves. We're not dictated to by people who may have agendas for us. We are in alignment with ourselves. We're in alignment with God. We are here to do what we are assigned to do, to be who we are assigned to be. And a lot of times, guys, as you've probably noticed, that rocks the boat, right? If there's some very unhealthy but currently upheld social norm and you know that it's not right, that it's not supposed to be so, that there's something about it is completely inappropriate, unacceptable, unjust, illegal, right? Whatever it may be, you're just like, no. I, you know, you can, you can shame me all you want. I am not going to go through with that. Similarly, if everyone around you is like, come on, just come on, like, just get over it and get on board. And that's just, you know, and this is not a commentary of, kind of any current events at all. I think this transcends time and whatever culture is currently doing. But how many times have you had somebody just like, come on, you know, just come on. It doesn't work. And that's not the best way to make decisions, right? And again, to avoid the idea of constantly questioning. But here's the thing, right? I want you to be able to learn yourself, trust yourself, and if you're a believer, to submit to God enough to make your decisions from the sense of who am I? Who do I want to be? Who am I called to be? Who am I assigned to be? Who am I here on earth to be? This sense of identity. And then, once you know, hi, oh, that's awesome, Havala. And Carol, thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that. Once you know what your decision is going to be based on your true identity, then if you know that you have tendencies in the other three areas, use those as motivators, which is, of course, the entire point of Gretchen Rubin's work, right? She's not learning how people make decisions. I mean, you could call that if you want, but she's looking at motivation techniques. So this is not true of me, but I'm going to use it as an example. Let's say I arrive in my rebel identity and I decide that who I am is a woman who takes excellent care of my body, right? It's just non-negotiable. There may be seasons where it's a little bit more difficult, but by and large, I'm able to always recalibrate and return to focusing on it once some kind of particularly tough period is over. It's a priority. I know it matters to me. I know it benefits my family. I'm always at my best when I'm taking great care of my body, right? And then I'm the best I can be for everybody else. 
But let's say, and again, this is not true of me, <laughs> that I know that I am really helpfully motivated by having other people hold me accountable, right? By having a workout buddy who texts me, you know, a couple times a week or something and says, hey, let's go for a run. Then I'm still making decisions, not from the fact that, oh, well, my girlfriend says I should go for a run and I really hate running and I've got like actually some, you know, I don't know, bad joints or something and my doctor said I shouldn't run, but she says I should run, so I'm gonna go run. Right? I'm not making the decision from there. I make, I've already made the decision from my core of who I am and my identity. I want to be a woman who takes care of my body. Let's say that running is great for me. Now I know that it's helpful to get me to follow through to use the obliger techniques of having someone in my vicinity who's going to encourage me from like a social and friend and not, you know, let's call it positive peer pressure, okay, um, perspective where I'm getting texts or I'm in some kind of Facebook group that like, reminds me and puts up little um, encouraging memes or something or a little check-in post, hey, did you do your workout this week or hey, did, how did you eat this week, etc. If that works for me, then I'm going to use that as a motivation kind of follow-up technique, but that's not where I'm making my decisions from. Does that make sense from you, to you guys? It's a, it's a very big shift. You're not arriving at your conclusion of who you want to be and what you want to do and how you want to behave and what actions you want to take from any of the social norm, peer pressure, over-questioning stances. You're always making your decisions from the identity of who am I here on this earth to be, regardless of what's happening around me. But once you've made that decision, then you motivate yourself, perhaps using some of these other techniques. And anything else, right? For me, a, a major motivator is how can I make this fun, pleasurable, beautiful, right? So if I have work that I know I need to do, it's in alignment with who I am, with who I want to be, with et cetera, right? I still don't particularly want to do it, but I'll turn on music. You guys know this. If you follow me, I'll turn on music. I'll put on a cuter outfit. I'll put on some makeup. Maybe I'll like, you know, get a lovely coffee, light a candle. Somehow, if I know I can make living through that activity more pleasurable and beautiful, I'm more likely to want to show up and do it because there's some source of, of loveliness in it, right? It's not just pure drudgery in an ugly space, dressed down, you know, just totally miserable. That's a motivator for me. But the decision that I'm making to do the action is not pleasure-led, right? Like I'm not just following pleasure wherever it leads me because you guys know where that'll lead. I'm making a decision from the identity of who I am as a woman, who I am as a Christian, who I am as an individual, who I am as a human being. And then I'm thinking, okay, now I've got my decision. I made it on a firm foundation. I made it based on who I am, who I'm here to be, who I'm called to be. Now how do I motivate myself to actually do the thing? Does that make sense? Make decisions based on my mission and identity. Gosh, I need to remind myself of this. Other people's missions for my life are a big distraction. Girlfriend. <laughs> Preach it. Yes, there's always somebody. I, I feel like it, life to me, and I don't play video games, so this is probably a terribly inaccurate metaphor, but it feels like what I've heard described as video games, where there's always another level. You know, you learn how to deal with one personality type or perhaps one person, and then you move into the next level of your life and you exhale and you think, oh my gosh, this is awesome, I figured it out, I don't have to deal with this human being anymore, or this type of human being, and then there's another one, you know, or there's just another situation, but now you have the strength, now you have the wisdom, now you have that incredible combination of grace and guts that it takes to set a boundary, uphold a boundary, and still do it in a loving way where... You're, you're good to the people around you, but you don't let them take advantage of you or direct your life for you. It's an art form and it takes practice. And you know what practice means? It means failure <laughs> and then getting up and doing it again until you slowly master it. But yes, I think 
you know, and depending on how you were raised, sometimes it's a real relearning, reparenting process to even discover your own identity, right? And and to me, I think God is such a, a guiding light in this. And for people who grew up in a religious environment and equated God himself or Christ with annoying and dominating legalistic people, that can be, again, a relearning process of, wait a second, I was attributing what I saw in culture to something that is actually inherently true, right? So returning to that identity. And I do this all the time. You can call it recentering, realigning, whatever, but returning to your true identity. And then when you've made your decision of what you're going to do, who you're going to be, how you're going to act, how do you motivate? Okay? Is that helpful to you guys? That was a huge shift to me. So when I first did this quiz, I thought, wow, that's cool. But, and, and it, it, it works when I'm trying to get myself to make some kind of change in my behavior. I sit here and think, first of all, is this the kind of person I want to be, right? Or is this some kind of avoidance technique or procrastination or, you know, me distracting myself from what I really know I need to do and I'm trying to pretend that I don't have to do it, you know? Is this something that is part of the identity of the woman I want to be? And then if so, how can I get myself excited about that identity, right? How can I get excited about being the kind of woman who takes great care of her body, being the kind of woman who gets enough sleep, being the kind of woman who's gracious and kind but also is not taken advantage of? How do I do that? How do I, how do I identify myself as that? And then what do those behaviors look like? So as much as these four tendencies are meant to all be motivation tendencies and motivation tips or kind of trends, however you want to see it, to me, the rebel stands apart because I think that's how we should all be making our decisions. Not pressured by society, not pressured by peers, not pressured by, you know, avoidance through over-questioning everything, but really re-anchoring into who am I? Who did God put me here to be? And then, now knowing what I'm here to do, how do I get excited about it? <laughs> and how do I make sure I follow up and follow through? Okay? I hope that's helpful for you guys. Again, welcome to spring. There's... Um, Kind of our theme on the podcast and social media and the newsletter this month is really inner and outer order, like up-leveling our mind, our thoughts, our confidence, our self-possession, and what that looks like logistically in the spaces we inhabit. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. This has been a game changer for me. If I'm struggling with getting myself on board with something that I know I need to do, I kind of check in with my inner rebel, if you will, and say, who am I here to be? what's the action that that woman is ready to take. And then let's go get excited about it and get it done. Cool? I love you guys. So fun to see so many of you here. Feel free to reach out. If you guys want to DM me things you're going through, I'm always happy to pray for you and just see if there's any way I can be of support. But I love you all. It's a joy to be here with you to encourage you. I love you guys showing up. We have our little online parties. I will see you soon. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Bye. Are you as fired up as I am after this conversation? This work is so important in the world right now, gorgeous, and far more powerful than what I can contribute alone is the ability that you have to shape your home, your family, and your community by living and spreading the truth. So take a screenshot of this episode right now and share it on Instagram with the hashtag bolderthanbefore. And tag me at Jackie LaCroix Official. And then come on over to the podcast and leave me a review. Five-star reviews mean this information gets placed in front of the very women who are looking for it. So quickly click those five stars 
And if you let me know what you love most about the podcast in a written review, and then DM me to let me know that you did, my team will send you a free gift fit for a bombshell. This episode has been brought to you by the Bedroom Bombshell Masterclass. This one-hour crash course in everything the church didn't teach you about female sexuality has blown the minds of thousands of women around the world. And now it's your turn to be set free in your understanding that God intended for women to enjoy sex. Sounds great, right? But that can be very different from the misconceptions created after either misuse or abuse or just years of begrudging wifely duty. What if you could transform the way you see and are then able to experience sex in less than an hour? Keep your headphones in and head over to bedroombombshell.com for the five shifts women must make to learn to truly enjoy sex right now in a way that fully honors their faith and that they and their man will adore. I'll see you there.